KRCL, Salt Lake City. Homegrown's alright with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. I'm Alda and KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. Thanks for plugging into your community with us here tonight. Laura Jones in the studio, as always. Hey, Al. I felt like a little warmth out of that last snowstorm. I'm like, the light feels different. The sun feels different, even though it's still cold. Did you feel that at I, all this I, week? I, I felt it. It was the day before yesterday. I went over and talked to James Loomis at the Green Phoenix Farm, and it was warm, and spring was in the air. I could feel it. I felt a little it. bit, didn't yeah. I? I think we're going to get some more snow, and we're not clear until probably St. Patrick's when Day. When the ground gets muddy like that, it's, yeah. you can almost plant some That's, kind of seed That for makes sure. my heart happy. So <laughs> on the show tonight, what do we got? Oh, we have all kinds of stuff, but mostly we're kind of uh, focused on the legislative session with our small farm agri-hood folks are up there fighting bills for our, for our little community of our artisans and small yeah. farmers and Zimbria Patterson and we have the Mertons here with us uh, I'm Caitlin excited and her them. dad and Angela Brown's here because Slug is turning 34 years old can you believe it 34 <laughs> <laughs> I remember working on Slug years ago in the back room at City Weekly and 34 years have gone by and it's still you can pick it up anywhere cool any place cool that's what we say mm-hmm. so Slug 34 years old, big party tomorrow night, and we have one of the bands that is playing that party. Give us a little bit of taste of what's to come tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So our managing editor, Audrey Lockie, came to me, and she was like, hey, have you planned the theme for the party? Because every year, you know, we got to do something different, something th- really fun. And uh, I was like, actually, we haven't yet. And she's like, I've got this crazy idea. <laughs> I think that we should do 34 bands, um, you know, to symbolize one year of the magazine. And so we did this kind of concept a few years back with fashion designers, where we literally got like 28 different local fashion designers to design um, a piece of, of, you know, something that you would wear, some streetwear, and we gave them a certain, like, cover of the magazine to um, kind of come up with their wares from and that was so fun and so kind of inspired by that idea she was like you know we've done it before with fashion designers why can't we do it with musicians and so mm-hmm. we're like yeah we can just get a backline together but we're gonna need another venue so uh, Urban Lounge has graci- graciously let us take over Blue Jeans right next door right next door so 34 bands it's 21 plus 21 plus that's true doors at seven yep at first first um, grouping of eight because we're going to kind of do it that way so you know people are like how are you going to do it so we've broken <laughs> 34 acts up into groupings of uh, eight to nine and then they go so let's say we, we're going to actually start off at blue jeans at 8 p.m duncan clausen's going to kick us off which is like a folk instrumentalist so we've got like all of the folksters like singer songwriters um over at blue jeans and then more of the full acts the bands over at Urban Lounge. Okay. Yeah. So we have one of the bands here tonight, Al, and well, you booked them back when they were what? They were, they used to be called the Teen, teen Tragedies back in the day, and um, this was back in the 90s, and I actually booked them at the Zephyr. Oh, wow. Zephyr's gone. The and band's still here. I used to have Monday so punk slow. rock night they gave me oh, at the Zephyr right. for a while, and I and I booked some punk rock bands yeah. there. Yeah. So we're putting the punk and punk rock farmer tonight. Yes, we are. You want to introduce this first one? we got to toss it over to the band, kind of uh, a bit blind. We're having some technical difficulties. Difficulties, but they are ready to play. Can you What's hear the us first song? over there? Good, good, good. Okay. Yeah, tell, tell me what the first song is. The first song is Bring Balance. Give me a little background on it. Someone? <laughs> Hi, we're Fight the Future. My name's Kelly Green. I'm the vocalist. Uh, today, I'm also the guitar player because Adrian, our guitar player, is missing. So <laughs> I had to quickly learn these songs. I'm Duke. Play bass. Jordan on drums, and don't worry, it'll probably be good. Your ass! So don't make a change! 
Oh, fight the future live on Punk Rock Farmer Friday. Al, a little bit of that? angst. Never you like anybody? Awesome. Yes. <laughs> so we're mixing it up a little bit with how we usually do it. Uh, and Angela Brown is here from Slug Magazine. Fight the future, one of the thirty-four bands. Yes. Tomorrow night at Urban Lounge and Blue Jeans next door. Thirty-four bands, one song each, right? That's right. And you know the price is, is back from thirty-four years ago, five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know who would be down for this? Oh, well, I think, um, you know, we lost Brad Barker. I bet you Brad would be down for this. Um, I know you guys are putting together something for the magazine. Brad was a stalwart in our community for so many years. He designed the Punk Rock Farmer t-shirt. He's a very iconic digital designer, but an amazing artist and painter. And uh, what a great lyricist and frontman he was. I got to play with him in the has-beens for a while back in 2006, I think it was, or seven. And um, you guys are going to do a little tribute, too. We are. You know, Brad, um, like you said, just such a fundamental part of the Salt Lake City music scene, but also um, he was such a giving person. You know, he did a lot of design work for Slug for a number of years as a volunteer, um, you know, started his pinpricked business, making mm-hmm. uh, pins mm-hmm. for local bands and artists. And, uh, you know, if there was ever an artisan or um, a creative that needed a project and didn't have a big budget, Brad was always there to say, hey, how can I help? And, um, you know, help out with his design talents in that way. And, boy, he's, you know, we're, he, he leaves a big void. He leaves community. a huge void. He was very much appreciated. He did so many flyers and things for me over the years for my shows and Tori and all that. And I'd try to bring him some salsa or some veggies or some. He loved these anise cookies that I made. At, he loved blackjack gum and he loved licorice and he loved these anise cookies that i made around the holidays and i always brought him some and put them in his mailbox (laughs) and uh so we kept you know we kept in touch over the years because he really just was such a big part yeah we just wanted to acknowledge that and uh fight the future i think very much in line with what he might want to hear tonight Yes, definitely so i've got a, a song they sent me this one's called erica on krcl one sky as we look up 
Look around, get a little lost in space. Let's do a little star exploration with Nehru. <laughs> We're talking with Nehru. I am born and raised in India, and I came to the U uh, University of Utah as a graduate student, and that was almost 20 years ago, and we've lived here ever since. We're out here at this park looking at the half moon and can't see the sunset, but we're up here watching the kite fly. Mm -hmm, absolutely. It's a beautiful place to come watch the stars and the sunset. Not today, of course, but most other nights, yes. Mm -hmm, yeah, the stars will come out eventually. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the stars in, mm -hmm. your, in your country of India, mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about the sky, Laura? Absolutely. So um, in Indian culture, uh, when a person is born, they actually draw out a chart based on the location of the planets and stars in the sky um, at the precise time and date a person was born. And based on that, they are able to predict uh, special events, major changes in your life, and even possibly when you would die. It's called the Janam Patri, or basically a birth chart. Um, and a lot of Indian families still consult that for marriage matches or for moving into a new home or uh, buying something valuable. Uh, so it's got a very big role to play for sure. Uh, the other story that you and I have talked about, Leonard, is that of the pole star. Um, yes. And in India, there's a story about a young king. He was only six years old. Uh, his name was Dhruva and he apparently wanted the affection of his father, who had, a, who had a second wife and a stepbrother. And so uh, when the queen, his stepmom, found out that he wanted to sit on the lap of the king, his father, she said, uh, no, you need to do a lot more penance to, do, um, to, do, to sit on your dad's lap. So he took it very seriously and he prayed to the lords for years and years uh, and eventually was able to sustain inner peace. And apparently at that time, the Lord, uh, the God, gods of the world, uh, granted him a wish and turned him into a star where he remains a pole star. Apparently he came back after he was granted the wish and became a king, but he's still visible in the night sky as the pole star. I don't know how true it is scientifically, but that's what it goes based on mythology. And is that what we refer to here as Venus? I think so, yes. The pole star, or Venus, shines brightly in the dusk. So look up, look around, get a little bit lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T on KRCL. Thank you, Leo T. And check tonight's show notes for a link and you can follow him. Maybe uh, if you've got a sky story you'd like to share from your cultural tradition, please reach out to him on Facebook. It's Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Aldine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer in the studio. And we got Fight the Future. We're, we're having to, this is way punk rock, right? Technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. So we got him uh, over here in the, in the sound studio with us. Thanks so much uh, for putting up with the uh, technical difficulties. But... Uh, used to be teen tragedies. Alice, I any book to this effort years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's a long true. time ago. A long time ago. It really yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you guys, uh, you guys have been busy. You put a record out last year, Golden Door, mm -hmm. a cool golden vinyl, <laughs> very cool record. Um, we couldn't play this one on the radio because it has some words Just in it. Just one in <laughs> the, the title, title track. track. <laughs> Just the title track. It's an angry song. And so you guys have been busy during the pandemic. Have you been playing shows and uh, recording and doing anything else? Um, yeah, we wrote a bunch during the pandemic, and we took like a trip when things opened back up. We uh, went to the East Coast and played some shows. Cool. It's just like a fun trip as a band. So Very good. Yeah. And then I hear that you're at 9.36 precisely in the line, because, you know, it's all going to go like <laughs> clockwork tomorrow. 34 <laughs> bands, two stages. Um, have you picked what song you're going to play? Um, the one song. It's actually going to be the one that we're going to play next. Is it? Okay. Um, where can people catch up with you, find your merch, find your, your gigs? Because you got some gigs coming up, I understand. Yeah, the um, the best place that I think that, that we're most active is on Instagram. Is it fight.the.future on Instagram? So find us there and there's links to our Bandcamp and Spotify and all our other social media. 
and uh, a gig coming up March 20th, I believe, with uh, <laughs> at the Beehive, right? Mm-hmm. With Wasatch Pine. Yeah. Very cool. So people can can they get this this. Uh, this record there, the EP? It, sometimes we forget to bring it, but <laughs> I'll try to remember. <laughs> so Punk Rock Alive and Well in 2023, right? Uh, we hope so. More than I ever thought, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it seems to have made a bit of a comeback. Lots of cool young bands coming out. Yeah. Right. There's something to be mad about, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the state of society is, is yeah, always good for punk rock. Couldn't imagine. <laughs> what, what we'd be angry about. <laughs> Is it a sad state of society? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So this next song, you sent me a couple so we could uh, get you over here in the studio to talk to us, and you're going to go over and set up to play live after this one. Uh, this one's, though, Unfetter Me. What's it about? Um, this is actually a pretty like, heavy song. It's, it's kind of about the um, sexual assault to prison pipeline, um, how you know sexual assault will happen, and addiction often occurs after that. So just kind of uh, about that want to do the honors which what's the name of it it's unfetter <laughs> this one is unfetter me and this is fight the future fresh and homegrown on krcl 90.9 fm KRCL amplifies the work of community nonprofits like the NAACP, working to ensure a society in which all individuals have equal rights. To learn more, visit naacpogden.org or naacp-saltlakebranch.org. Hey, we're Fight the Future, and the song is called Shift. Take the power back, you're losing 
support for Radioactive comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Love Promise Community Commitment, a partnership with nonprofit organizations that aim to make the world a better place. More information about the Love Promise and Subaru products at markmillersubaru.com. Valentine's Day is Tuesday, February 14th, and we're ready to deliver some love out into the world with KRCL Listener Love Notes. Call the Love Note hotline and leave a message or shout out for that special person, local cause, or organization. Call 801-903-1279 to leave your Love Note. Then tune into KRCL Tuesday, February 14th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to hear love songs, breakup songs, makeup songs, and listener Love Notes on air. Find the number and the details at krcl.org. And don't wait. The hotline closes Friday, February 10th. And that is and that is tonight, folks. So get your love notes in to the Agrihood. Tell us all about uh, what you're looking forward to loving and growing in your garden. 801-903-1279. More details at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones. Welcome back to Radioactive, the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition. Coming up at 7, it's Democracy Now! Not a side show with Circus Brown at 8. Friday night, Fallout with Keith at 10.30. And you can hear the last two weeks of any show on demand, including this one, at krcl.org. It's under the Programs tab. All right, Al, it's time for the Urban Farm Report. Yes, Urban Farm Report. We do this every week, and we're talking about what's going on in our little agri-hood right here in Salt Lake. And We'll start off with Cimbria. Cimbria, I'm, I know there's been some exciting things this year on the hill. And you guys are there, um, camped out right across the street. You're, this camped morning out. was a very <laughs> early start. Cowboy Caucus, tell folks what that's about. So the Rural Caucus, I don't know how many years they've been meeting, but I think it's one of the largest caucuses on the hill. And they do the best breakfast. We're not supposed to advertise that. Um, they start at 6.45, and they go from 7 till 8. And um, they talk about all things rural, which includes agriculture, of course. So so there's, you know, you're from down in that part of the state. And, uh, you know, th- this is a big, great state we have here. It's not just all about what goes on in the city, that's for sure. And um, you're, you take part in that. You're in Iron County down there in Cedar. Yeah. So, you know, the issues they talk about are generally bigger farming right that's why we're the small voice up there but we love to listen to what they're doing they talked about land preservation today and there's always some good stuff going on so there there was some good stuff with the big bill that you guys are behind today but but there's always there's also some things they're amending older stuff that you guys have done and then i think it's 331 it's the small kitchen enterprise bill didn't you guys have something to do with that back in the day micro enterprise so Christine was trying to, uh, Representative Watkins was trying to protect it so counties couldn't opt out. So even though the health department says you can do it, some counties are saying we're not going to allow you to do it. And her attempt was that a county wouldn't be able to. She put some stipulations in there. You have to let them have so many cars. You have to ha- let them have a sign so many hours. But it died in committee. I did not help with that. She kind of went on her own on that one, but she said she'd take some help next year, so maybe we'll see it come back. So um, uh, the big one that we that we've been watching and you guys have been following is the is the um, three. What 20. is it? Two, 320. 20. That's the bill. And, the, and that's and that's the raw milk bill. And it's amendments to raw milk. You can you right now you you can't make buttermilk. You can't make um, ice cream. You can't. But you can use you can do raw milk and make butter and cream. Right now, and our friends at Utah Natural Milk and Meat are pouring their buttermilk. Out. This is the bowlers. Our, our buddies, Kristen and Shane, down in down out in West Jordan is where they're where they're at you okay yeah. my my phone's <laughs> just went oh it's because i unplugged myself you actually <laughs> <laughs> we have technical difficulties tonight so i'm it's on just edge. raw milk <laughs> just <laughs> ride the <laughs> wave with those folks and so that one passed today through one of the sections which one it's all through the house now now we'll go before a senate committee but so it wasn't unanimous like i kind of like so there was do do you want to talk about what was different about it It i mean the local food advisory committee the 
So the, our new, we know we lost Handy. So the new appointed person is Kohler, who used to be a lobbyist for the Dairy Association, which everybody thinks he'd be for milk. And we tried to talk to him. He didn't say he was opposed, but it hurts because I don't get it. Like these guys don't get subsidies. They're not. They're not borrowing money. They have a, a line a half mile, mile long, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. They sell out in an hour and a half. And I feel like they're picking on the little guy. It's like there's so many things you could claim hurt you, right? Alcohol, cigarettes, I don't know. But so it just hurts to see them, sta- you know, he stood on the floor and he said he was in opposition. And Utah Department of Food and Agriculture showed up in committee and said that they were they didn't use the word oppose. They said they would be uh, less likely in the name of public health to not be for it. So I just feel kind of bad for these small micro dairies who are really doing well and had food all during the pandemic and kept feeding people and offer a, a product that some people think is healthy. So, but that's okay. We'll keep moving. And it passed out and it passed unanimously in the committee. And I don't think we're going to have a problem in the Senate. But these but two votes confident. are upsetting. <laughs> you got to yeah. win, right? Yes. I mean, it's moving forward. It's moving yes, forward. Six, yeah, yeah. So what happens now and how can people support it? Um, just... You know, we I think we kept it quiet. We didn't lobby the, the House, really. And people were kind of surprised because it gets so silly up there and out of control and the jokes. And I and I just feel like we're just going to be a little quieter this year. And yeah. I think the work we've done, the relationships we have will show for itself. And You mean people aren't running when they, they see you? They're like, <laughs> ah, Simria. <laughs> well, Reddick clearly Kohler's running. <laughs> he didn't pay attention to me and never talked to me. And I hope he's listening, which I doubt he is. But that's okay. You know who he is? He's the brother to Heber Valley. Ah, that's the Kohlers. Okay. So, yeah. And then there's a, there's a couple other ones that you're not supporting, but they're they're they deal with us and they deal what goes on with us. There's Kids Market House. Well, what's that one about? So um, I guess th- these uh, they do these kids markets. I'm, I don't have kids right now, but they they're happening all over the state. It's a day that they're just all kids. And a city attorney, I'm not sure what city, it isn't our bill, but but they're putting it in the bill we passed, HB 181. We're saying they wanted them to abide by all these laws. And so Senator Andreg is just saying, I loved it, the way he described it. He said, you pull up to the lemonade stand and the kid's stirring using his hand. He's like, I buy the lemonade. I don't drink it. And he <laughs> said, I, my, Sarah said we should put a sticker made by a kid. And there, she said, who wants their kid to sell something with their home address on it? You know, you're, here's yeah. my home address. I'm uh-huh. at a farmer's market and you're a cute little eight-year-old blonde girl and you give your product out with your home address. So this will exempt them. And to say that a nine-year-old's going to know which peanut allergens, I, I think it's a bad idea. So Andrake's bill says if you're under 18, you're exempt from some of the things in 181. And and he's moving it along, so I don't think that'll have a problem. And then there's, then there's HB 169, and that's an ur- the Urban Farm. On its way to the governor. Urban, urban Farming Act. So that's passed through both and on its way yeah. to the governor's what desk. What does that do? Uh, tax breaks for under five acres. And now they can have the option for animals or no animals. That bill's been up there five times. The next step is going to be under an acre. I should whisper it. You don't want to yeah. draw too much attention. Was, well, that was my question because HB 257 is Greenbelt Property Amendments. Is that? Do, no. No, we don't want to talk about that one? No, no. Nope. It's just Greenbelt. <laughs> don't use the word. The, the Urban Farm Assessment Act is uh-huh. a totally separate code and section. Mm-hmm. Protect the Greenbelt. They don't, you know, we don't want to mess with that. This is under five acres, different section, different code. Okay. okay. That's for the big guys. All right. The green belt one. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, they got to protect that. People put a ski resort in, run a cow across it, and ask for a tax break. So that's why they, they you know, watch that so closely. Mm-hmm. All right. But I, I, I miss what the first one was, so forgive me if I'm repeating something you've already talked about, but the Micro Enterprise Home Kitchen Amendment. That we did that, that, that one. was gone, that one. Dead okay. And, gone. Mm-hmm. and you put out this great newsletter, so folks who want to follow up on all this stuff and go, what is this? I didn't know there's so much agrihood related stuff still. And small agrihood. So mm-hmm. if, if folks want to track a bill themselves, they, they go to the government site, but it's uh, there's a link, track that bill. Yeah, it's the website's really easy to use now. Tracking mm-hmm. bills, you can play around on it. For if you get on our email list, even for the session, we we throw every bill up there that has to do with mostly small ag. We're not following them all personally, but we throw stuff up there we think this agrihood would be interested in. 
And um, we also have a link on there how to track bills and how That's to listen really to them. And yeah. we tried to make it really simple. So. If you find a bill on the site, le.utah.gov, and you click on it, there's a, a button somewhere on the page that says track Tracking. this bill. Yeah. And if you haven't signed up for an account, it takes you out there to start one, and it's free. And then you can just hit track, hit track, choose your notifications just like any other other thing. And then what's really cool is you can go back and listen to testimony, or you can decide, I need to be up there, or I need to weigh in remotely. And then you can do it. And that's what you guys started out doing how many years ago now? It'll be, we're going to have our 10th anniversary next year. We should have a party. I right? think we should. <laughs> I think so We're too. happy to throw down with that. One of the cool things is the people that you meet who are also working on the agri-hood, right, Zimbria now? Yeah, there's people. We're sitting with people. It's really nice. Most definitely. Caitlin and Greg Merton are here. And um, their bill is SB59. And you've been involved with this for a minute. It took since last year. Tell me how you got going on it. So I've been involved with bees for the last eight or ten years. And when we moved here to Utah from Oregon a number of years ago, we found out that the beehives we had been using while in Oregon that we had made are illegal by definition, by current state law. And in in peeling back that onion and trying to understand why and and what we can maybe change about it and what we can do, just learning more about why it was why they were legal in the first place, we we kind of started on this path of research and and it's become a bill and it's and now now we're doing radio interviews. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it took a whole year. They said no, you you have to wait until the next session, and uh, and and what's happening with it now? Where is it at? So on Monday, it passed uh, the Senate committee, the Cyber, um, Natural Resources Committee, four to one, which we're really happy about. And so now, uh, this past week, it was read into the Senate floor, and then it was uh, circled so we could continue to work with the state and um, iron out some, some language problems that we were coming up with. And, and so it'll be read on the Senate floor again, hopefully in the next week, and then we'll go to the House. And there, there's there's lots of opposition to this bill. What? Why? And Why? I read a letter from the Utah Beekeepers um, Association, and they are not happy with it. Um, some there's there's some modern things, and and this is a little bit archaic. Maybe what's going on now? Explain the the climate on that a little bit. Introduce your researcher over here, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> also with this is my, my dad slash research assistant. <laughs> hey Greg. Yeah, hey, I'm uh I, I'm the I'm the dog on the computer. That's about me. Yeah. Caitlin's the brains behind so this. So what state you guys come from again? We moved here from Oregon. And so the the and you were doing beehives up there. Can you mm -hmm. kinda paint a picture of what beehive or where you were doing it and what that was like and the success you had? So we I was homeschooled for a number of years, and as part of that, we we like to go outside and, and see what we can find. So we started beelining when I was younger. Beelining. That so, beelining involves setting up a, a dish of sugar water, and then and as bees are going around to the flowers and looking for food, they'll find the the sugar water and then fill up on food, and then go straight back to their hive. And that's where the line, the term beelining came from, because when they're out looking for food, they'll fly all over and different loop-de-loops loop -loops and whatnot and but when they're all full on food they'll they'll zip right back to their hive and so when you have bees that come to the the dish of sugar water you can mark them with watercolors or or just yeah follow them back to their hive and see where they go and that's that's bee lining but we started with that and then um as we got more into it we started building uh hives war hives specifically what kind of hives war hives they're okay. a french design from 1800s 1800s and um, and we added observation windows in the back, which are kind of unique, so we can watch the bees while they work. And um, and then and then we moved here and, and started this process. You brought those hives with you? Mm-hmm. Oh. So uh, modern hives uh, compared to what's what's old now. There's there's new technology. You want to talk about so that a little bit? Yeah. So so what is often referred to as a modern hive is actually designed from the 1800s and they were designed with movable frames the part of the hive that comes out where the bees put their comb and honey and brood and they were designed that way for a number of reasons one being for ease of mass producing honey and another being for ease of disease inspection 
now that we have new technology and, and modern techniques, we are better able to identify and, and treat those pests that threaten bees. So the requirement for movable frames is just outdated. So that's part of what this bill does, right, Al? Yep. Removes that requirement that they have movable frames. Yeah, and the, the motivation behind this bill is, is so we can have bee, bee, uh, beehives that are more patterned after nature. And, it, and the current requirement is an, an unnecessary obstacle to innovation. Cool stuff. Now let's talk about there's there's some invasive things right now that are kind of running rampant and really uh, detrimental to the bees. And one is the Varroa mite, and the other one is American fowl brood. You want to talk to that? Yeah, those are those are known pests that are you know international, and um, you know there's there's been for decades the right way to, to treat that was to get in and and pull those frames out and look and find. And, uh, you know, now that we can do genome mapping and all the kind of fun stuff that can happen, um, you know, governments have standardized more up-to-date processes for finding this kind of stuff. And what that allows in for SB 59 is, um, you know, if you can update to modern practices for inspection in terms of doing genome mapping or culturing or diagnostics, then you actually don't need to be in your beehive quite so often. And so you're allowed, the, you're allowing the bees to be a more natural process. You don't have to be as invasive. You're not disrupting them. Right, right. And, and, um, and lots of other states have taken action on this. The majority of the, 80% of the top 10, top 15 honey producing states in the nation fit in the category of either never having these requirements or having already repealed them in, over the last few decades. It, explain the difference between what your hive looks like and the movable frame is a slider that comes out. But what does yours look like? So worry hives specifically, the the most the coolest part about that hive is that it's 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 like a hollow log. It's like a square, hollow um, house for the for the bees, but it's it's more like nature because it is hollow and the bees are allowed to draw their comb every time every time they start a new box. Draw their comb. Tell, tell folks what that means. They, and so it's called chimneying. So they, they fly up to the top. When you add a new box, you, they fly up to the top of the, the hive, and then they draw comb. They build their comb off the top going down. So that's, that's what they do in nature. That's what makes them feel safe, and that's um, what's more comf most comfortable for them. And with, uh, with hives that have frames, frames they, um, it's, like a, it's a guide for where they... The bees should put they have control. to do it not the way they want to. But the <laughs> way that they're told, which saves energy and, and just allows them to produce honey that much faster instead of having to draw comb every time, which is great for the industry, but not not so great for the bees in the long run. Is uh -huh. uh, research in Penn State, out of Penn State has shown that pesticides and other nasty chemicals build up in the wax over time. So that's the, the, the important part about having uh, one of the one of the benefits to having frameless hives is that the bees do have to draw their own comb every time. So the so fresh comb, fresh wax, fresh um, and just a new a fresh slate of of good starting place. Do you want to add to that, Dad? No, she, she's exactly right. That's that's the beauty of having a warre hive is that it's a it's it's basically an open space and they can work down like they like to. And as a beekeeper, you're able to add space to the bottom. If you're running a Langstroth system, generally you're adding stuff on top, top. right? The super and uh -huh. the queen excluder and I those see what kinds you're of saying. things. Uh -huh. And this is the opposite process where, you know, bees will put their brood in and then they'll put their honey in and they like pantry. They like their food storage at the top. And as you add space to the bottom, they end up filling box after box after box of honey. And, and uh, at some point, if you sneak one of those boxes away and you let people have fresh honeycomb and understand what that is like, um, and at the same time, they're still made out of boxes so that you can go in and, and do your visual inspections and you can do all sorts of uh, uh, treatments or things that are needed if that's how you want to keep bees. That's, uh, there's, uh -huh. that's still a possibility for you. Uh, what's, the, what's the purpose of the bill? How does the bill, what, what, what is the, the language on that? So, so right now, the bill uh, was introduced as removing the requirement for this this uh, framed movable movable frames um right now caitlin's working through with the committee uh, as this sb 59 has been circled they're working through some language where the the state is still comfortable with inspections 
and at the same time, they're they're also you know moving towards some more uh, up to date diagnostics. These are some of the. Go ahead. I was going to say, how would you inspect if there's no movable frames? Is it more technology like a camera that you put in there or something, Caitlin? So that's that's the new technology that's come out in the last decade. Um, uh, other governments and through academia, they use honey culture tests. So they'll take a very non-invasive um, honey sample and and give you a whole workup of it's of like 23 and me of honey exactly yeah it's exactly That's what it yeah. is and um they can do it off of honey or they can do it off of bees you can just mm. collect a couple of bees and, and send them in and they'll give you the whole genetic rundown of your hive and what's happening in there so sounds like our state needs to get up to speed on that is that what that is but that there needs to be some education but also some adoption at an institutional level at a government level yeah okay what are you finding? We're, Come on, share spillity. Well, we're we're working with it. Um, yeah. You know, they're uh, the, you know the state the states you know bee lovers and and uh, you know we're trying to we're trying to you know do this as a collaborative process. Yeah, so they're, they're we're excited about that. They've got another bill uh, that Simbria is following. She just stepped out, so I can't ask her about it. But HB three twenty seven, a pollinator pilot program. They want to extend the pilot. Did you just hear me call you, Simbria? Walking in, I'm talking about the pollinator pilot program. Another bill, HB 257, uh, that looks like Red Acre Center is supporting with Representative Matthews extending the sunset date for the pollinator pilot program, which connects to the bees that we're talking about. It's really simple. They, it's not. It's simple for us because we didn't do anything. But somebody asked for money, uh, uh, RFA, and they got it, and it's. Like the happy bill. Everyone loves it. There's no complaints, and they're happy to give the money again and extend it. And people get seeds, and people are calling in and reporting in. And it's just its one of the happier things I've seen up there. <laughs> so it <laughs> goes well with this bee bill, right? Right. Tell, tell us how, how you feel about Caitlin being up there and doing what she's doing. I think Sarah, I wish she were here, but, you know, sometimes she says she just wants to go off grid and, definitely not come back home here anymore because it's tiring right and we were sitting in that committee and she was watching them and she's like it's wind beneath my wings it's like here's somebody 18 who you know i know sarah's like 27 but she's having she feels like she's having midlife crisis right she's <laughs> she's tired so it's it's just wind beneath your wings to see these guys up here it's like you know mark got beat up pretty bad on the on the B bills in 2015 and 16, but Mark he did, yeah, he didn't have this. He just, it was a freedom thing for him. I don't want to be told I have to inspect and I don't want to have to have frames that are pulled out, but he didn't, he said, I didn't have her. She's amazing. So sounds like dad's be a little big part of it too. He's, uh, he's been doing some work in the background, the dog on the computer guy. Over I there. get that. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin's the driver on this. This is a lot of fun, and it's a lot of fun because she's such a great kid that it's uh, it's fun to support. All right, so we're talking bees. We're talking the agrihood here on a Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition of the show. Still have some more music to come live and recorded from our featured band, Fight the Future, so stick around. But Aldine, you know, I'm guessing this also warms your heart to have the next generation, or maybe she's a couple generations, but <laughs> it's not just one. <laughs> yeah, that's true for me. But uh -huh. interested in doing something so meaningful to the agrihood. And, you know, it kind of makes uh, the old guys want to maybe have a beehive, too. It's what, it's what it seems yeah, like. Grab that microphone there, Caitlin. So the, the ones that you guys have are you it's against the law here are you right breaking now. the law you punk rock farmers you <laughs> <laughs> no comment we're gonna we're gonna leave it off you know caitlin's been hobby farming for a long time and and you know the family's a, a significant part of the family is agriculture background you know i'm an engineer my dad is an engineer but uh mm -hmm. you know the the whole point of our family is you gotta you gotta grow up with dirt under the fingernails yes and so uh you know we've done during during covid we actually went down to san pete and got some bummer lambs some orphan lambs and brought them up to the house and we put up a you know in suburbia we put up a fence right on the front lawn and a sign out there that said free quarantine entertainment <laughs> and every kid in the neighborhood showed up to bottle feed these lambs the and it was hysterical we've done it a few years now um where are you in suburbia what part of utah we live in american fork oh yeah 
So so they were all helping you with the lambs. Everybody loved the lambs. And then so Caitlin got a little motivated. And, and last year she decided that she needed to expand her operation to cattle. So we got a couple of uh, orphan cows out on the front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> you must have a pretty big front lawn. That's a good manure operation there. <laughs> oh, should make some profit off of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had a lot of fun with having, uh, having those lessons in the family and, and main sh maintaining. Because part of the problem is you know, with kids and, and cell phones, right, everything is immediate. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can't rush nature. So, you know, we've done giant giant pumpkin contest we've done all sorts of things just so that there is something in nature that takes your time and it's something you can't speed up you got to be patient right so so all those people that that you know are, are green under the fingernails all the way up to their elbows there's something that speaks to the soul about that and yeah. and, and so we really appreciate that and, at the home and and caitlin's uh you know she's our oldest and she's done a great job with it yeah. so caitlin this is the the second year you brought this to lawmakers. Can you give us, recap the update on where it sits and how keep people can support it? And you know your plan, regardless of whether this goes through or not, because it changes things in Utah, or you gotta come back and fight again, right, Caitlin? Yeah, so this, this process started um, when we approached Kennedy with the idea last legislative session. He said it'll take, it'll take longer than we have in this in that legislative session, so we said we'll start up again in April. We'll we'll get um, all the materials together, all the research and whatnot that we we need to push this through, and, and convince people like the Beekeepers Association, the Utah Department of Agriculture and Food, right? Bring them yeah. along a little mm -hmm. bit. And so we've done that, and now we're now we're a little bit into this process. Okay. Yeah, we're we're just working on tech still and and trying to come to trying to figure out what's best for everybody and best for the bees. So um, the best way to support this right now is to make sure that, uh, you know, you can call your senator, you can call your representative, but um, we, you know, we think it's in a good spot right now. Uh, it's getting worked on. Um, you know, we had some positive news today. And uh, at, at least at this point, we think that there's there's a really, alive. yeah, it's there's still, really good opportunity, right? Good for bees and good for Utah. So. Uh, this will be a lot of fun um, as a as a success for you know moving the moving the the conversation forward in terms of of research and testing. Can you give them a little heads up on how this can play out, Simbria? No one speaks in favor of the bill. Sarah and I were the only ones up there, so it would be great if people just said they support it and they you know they don't. Just be positive. SB 59, they, your senator. You need to contact your state senator. If you don't know who it is, super easy, leutah.gov. You can find out who it is and just say it's coming to the Senate floor and that you're in favor. You're in favor of Caitlin and her research and that you love bees and you're for it because they need to hear that more. You had a website or anything? Are you Facebooking or Instagramming about this so people can get in touch and support you? Not yet. That might come eventually, but not at the moment. She's going to need a whiff. Well, I hate to say <laughs> this, but that's part of the problem. When you get your kids out in the garden, you get your kids out on the farm, you actually don't give them a whole lot of time for social media. <laughs> <laughs> so th th that's the other side of that it's coin. The right, right. <laughs> All right. So, Simbria, Red Acre Center, what's the website? Because folks could follow this bill through yes. you and your bill tracker. And then there's some that aren't numbered yet that you're still watching, like food trucks or something like that. Some stuff you're just keeping an eye on, right? Yeah, the egg. The, whatever isn't numbered we're, yet. We're gonna isn't going to do eggs to next week, regardless of whether it gets numbered. But the egg retailer amendments. Oh, yeah. What's that so about? The, it's not numbered. Are you just at Wilcox's bill? I am looking at your Wilcox yeah. bill. You it, said you're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> he, it's I, this late in the game. It's the health department. So there's an exemption, and they can sell to restaurants, and we can prove, just like she's proven with bees, that they, and they, that they can, in fact, sell to restaurants. And so that will be the fight. But it's not even numbered, so yeah. we'll do that next year. Okay, so politics and pastries coming up on Thursday this next week. 9.30 to 10.30, we'd love to have you. What this room? 160. It's hard to find. It's not hard. The, don't pay attention to the number. Walk in the Capitol floor to the left. And it's about education, correct? Yeah. You, we'll show you the ropes, or if you're seasoned to help other people, we'll go up on the floor. We're done with appropriations. If there's a committee, we can go 
into one of those and it's been fun so if you if the agrihood is something that matters to you and it's something you feel enough about to go up to the capitol and lobby your lawmakers well red acre center is going to hold your hand thursdays at 9 30. we'll put some details in the show notes next week we're going to try and talk eggs right al Sounds good to me. Um, you <laughs> and <would> microgrants. <laughs> microgrants. We we have Phil on with us from uh, uh, Beltex Meats, and um, Maria Schwartz is, has a has a grant program coming out um, for Wasatch Community Gardens. Greg Bat. Greg Ogden Bat, Seed Exchange. The Ogden Seed Exchange. One of our big events of the year. One of the. I mean, my favorite event. This is my in my area. I, you know, I already started some seeds, and I have some little starts in the kitchen under lights, and I've got kale and chard and and a bunch of different lettuces. And, and you're adding a bees. A hundred little plants, <laughs> and I want to add some bees, maybe. I uh, think Caitlin and Greg can probably uh, <laughs> talk you through that. I'm so glad that they came. And Simbria, thanks for coming back. We'll see you again next week check tonight's show notes for details about all of our guests including this band we're going to go out with we got one more live song and i've got another uh one of their songs they sent me but al if folks want to get on the show to talk about the agrihood or play some music what do they do oh you can find me on instagram punk rock farmer underscores between the two word three words um you can uh, email me at punkrockfarmer23 at gmail.com. And if people want seeds, they can do the same, right? If people want seeds, give me a, uh, send me a message on Instagram. That's where I am the most. Or, or Facebook. You can find me there, too. And uh, I can send you the list of what I have. I have a bunch of uh, you know workhorse varieties, things that folks grow, cucumbers and and basil and just you know things that everyone grows some squash and uh, and very prolific grown right here uh um organic certified practices acclimated yes thank you very very cool folks so this has been punk rock farmer friday i want to say thank you to sullivan Bang for helping us through tonight he's our audio engineer and uh, we had some unexpected circumstances. And so we're going to go live now to our band Fight the Future is going to tell you about their song. All right, we're Fight the Future, and this is Wait and Run. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Bandcamp, Spotify, Facebook, TikTok, um, and we'll be at the slug party tomorrow.
Valentine's Day is Tuesday, February 14th, and we're ready to deliver some love out into the world with KRCL Listener Love Notes. Call the Love Note hotline and leave a message or shout out for that special person, local cause, or organization. Call 801-903-1279 to leave your love note. Then tune into KRCL Tuesday, February 14th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to hear love songs, breakup songs, makeup songs, and listener love notes on air. Find the number and the details at krcl.org. And don't wait. The hotline closes Friday, February 10th. KRCL, Salt Lake City. Thank you to everyone who donated to KRCL last year. Tax receipts for 2022 have gone out. But if you would like a digital version of your donation record, you can download one through your KRCL Connect account. Log in or sign up under the support tab at krcl.org. As always, email any questions you may have to members at krcl.org. Well, default taxes, default tyranny. And all this time, you thought that rusted out pickup truck was junk. Call KRCL's vehicle donation partner, Cars Inc., to tow your car and donate the proceeds to KRCL. You could pick up a tax deduction while you're at it. Learn more about donating your vehicle to community radio by clicking the support tab at krcl.org. <laughs> 